Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds to the right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. All right, all right, all right, everybody. We have episode three of Making It Rain today. We have a great episode for you guys today. We're going to have Kevin McLuhan, VP of Communications and Play-By-Play announcer for the Colorado Eagles, to talk about TJ Tynan. But before that, I have my esteemed colleague, Joe. What's going on, my man? I'm doing all right, Randon. We are, uh, the family and I here, we're, we're finished up with the move. Everything's here. Now we've got the fun process of trying to find out where everything is and unpacking and getting organized, which is uh, loads of fun, but you know what? It's all good things. So uh, it's all good. So uh, what's what's going on with you? How's things? Things are good, man. Just got a new hammock. So enjoying that in the backyard. Um, bought a nice bottle of scotch. So can't complain, man. I can't <laughs> complain. Uh, well, a lot of people can complain with, with what's going on with the injuries already this season for a couple of the, the Kings prospects. I know people have heard Kim Nusayanen, uh from Calpa got injured with a high ankle sprain out for quite a while, as well as Antu Jampson, Casper Simon, Tyball. Turcotte had surgery, Byfield had an ankle thing. 
So some people going down early. Better get it down early before before the season gets in full swing. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's just get this out of the way now. We've we've had some guys deal with some stuff last year. Turcotte's one. I know this was a kind of a, just a quick emergency surgery, but still, he dealt with some stuff last year. Other prospects, Tyler Madden, dealt with some stuff last year. So let's let's get everybody healthy as much as we can here um, before the season because that would be some of these guys need a healthy season. Period. So uh, hopefully this is the the last of it. Yeah, and it's crazy is that, you know, Kim had a great season last year. Atu's been slowly rising up the rankings, especially for a seventh-round pick. You have Casper, who lit it up in the World Junior. So, you know, injuries, knickknacks happen here and there. Kim's going to be out quite a while with the high ankle sprain. But hopefully we can get everybody healthy uh, shortly. Yeah, that's the hope. High ankles are tough. Ankles in general are tough, especially the high ones. But, you know, better let's, you know, it happened now. Let's just get it rested and get it uh, fully healed before before things get going again, because it's an easy, easy part of the body to re-injure. Yeah. So word is that Turcotte and Byfield will be back in time for that rookie tournament in Arizona, which is in a couple of weeks. So uh, recovery time for both of them shouldn't be too, too long. So uh, speaking of Dev Camp, man, what did you see out there? Like, obviously, it's exciting to see a lot of these young prospects, especially Brant Clark. Uh, you know, the newly eighth overall pick, you know, what did you see out there? What did you like? Well, what was, what was kind of cool to me, and I don't know if I've ever necessarily heard this before, maybe just didn't pay attention as closely, but Clark is one, uh, Francesco Pinelli. There was a few guys that were like, like just beaming about, we are so lucky to be in this organization. We had so much fun. That was a blast. And, and it was just, it was a little, I don't know. I may, again, maybe it's just me and, and had paid attention to some of that stuff in the past. And some of those comments from, from first year guys going to those, but um, really exciting time as a Kings fan, for sure, to see all these young kids kind of coming together. Clark, you mentioned, uh, I can tell you right now, Francesco Pinelli is going to end up being a, 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 a big, big favorite of mine. And it's not just because of the vowels, the kids are, uh, Give, give some stick taps to the, the crew over at Hockey Royalty, uh, Ryan Sykes, Russell Morgan, uh, Scotty over there, Ryan Colley. All these guys are doing a great job covering that. They got some great quotes from the guys. So really good job over at Hockey Royalty, too, uh, uh, with some of this coverage here. So it's been great. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. For, you know, obviously the new toys coming in, it's been really nice. And then you see the people raving about, uh, you know, the already the the dramatic change in their game from last year to this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, when, you don't, yes. when you don't see some players, because maybe they play overseas, or obviously with the COVID situation, you know, you didn't really get to see your hand. You didn't get really get your hands on any of the prospects uh, for a full period of time. And then obviously, you know, fans were allowed in um, last year. So just crazy, like to see some of that stuff. I saw, um, you know, there were some very good quotes. Uh, what were some of your favorites from? Uh, Boy, I, well, one was so one of mine. I had a few. One of them was actually from John Robleski, and he used it on a, a kind of a group of guys about this earned confidence so I think that's interesting to see a bunch of these young guys some of them had maybe down years or in Tyler Madden's example um, which I got a couple from him as well that I like you know who spent a lot of time he was dinged up last year but they're coming in with a little bit of a swagger and I kind of like that um, and it's good to see that the coach recognizes that uh, and I mentioned Madden he and Jordan Spence both talked about needing to get used to Spence specifically said to adapt his game. And I think Tyler Madden took it on another level was just getting used to the professional lifestyle. Again, a guy like that came from college, right? So it's, it's totally different. And you're just getting used to the pro schedule, the pro game, 
let alone the competition you're facing. So I think we sometimes forget that with these guys that it's a massive adjustment, uh, whether you're, some of these guys are coming from a different country In Madden's example, he's coming from college, which is a totally different environment than professional hockey. So there is that off ice adjustment that I don't think as fans, we really account for enough, uh, especially these kids that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. It's, it's a big deal. So uh, some, some interesting stuff coming out of camp. Yeah, I think a lot of people realize uh, the mental aspect of becoming a pro athlete. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't have uh, that frame of reference personally, but you hear about it a lot. You know, everybody is skilled at this level. And then as you continue going higher, you're, everybody's equally as skilled, um, you know, as a pro because they're all pros. But sometimes the mental capacity to adapt to the pro game, your lifestyle, the training regimen, and just have that mental capacity at a younger age to do those things can speed up to the development. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a, that's a lot of what, what Matt talked about was some of the, the stuff that you're doing off the ice and workouts and just getting used to getting into a routine and a rhythm. And then a guy like that gets hurt. So it's, it's, you know, it's tough to, to maintain that and get into that when you're, when you're dinged up. So hopefully in his example, as an injured guy last year, he's able to stay healthy and, and have a good season ahead for him. Yeah. You know, another player at uh, Turcotte mentioned something similar and, you know, they asked him, uh, you know, how is it coming to this death camp after having a year of professional hockey under your belt? And he said, he's obviously a lot more comfortable, yeah. you know? And so sometimes when you get in there and you're turning a pro, it's like, oh, these oohs and ahs, or you have expectations. Obviously they're, they're achieving their dream or they're closer to achieving their dream of playing in the NHL. And so like a lot of that kind of stuff can be daunting, especially for anybody, let alone somebody who's still in their teens uh, or early twenties. So it's just something like I think comfortability in your environment is huge to the development of, of the prospects. No question. And, and I want to throw another one because we've talked about it on this show. I know it's been written about often in hockey royalty. And it's no secret that Kings have so many center prospects that some of these guys was asked specifically about, you know, moving to wing. And while he said, obviously, center is a position that he's probably more maybe his natural position. He says, not a problem for me. So I've played the wing before and I'll, you know, I'll do it again. So not that he would necessarily put up a stink if they wanted to move him to wing, but it's nice to see that he's, he's embracing it. He's ready to go. And if that's the decision that they make and want to put him there, he's, he's fully on board and say, let's go. I'm, I'm ready for it. That's not a problem for me because uh, as we've talked about, I think that's a spot where he could very well likely end up uh, depending on how roster shake out, but uh, it's, it's, that's good to see too. Yeah. The realization that, you know, in, you know, we don't want to be a dead horse with this. We say it pretty much every episode is that you've got to get ice time before you can prove yourself. And so, you know, like if you're going to get a cup of tea up in the pros, you got to get ice, ice time. So what are you going to do to your game to earn the respect of T-Mac and get more minutes up there and a consistent playing time? And so if that means moving to wing for Kapari and developing his game in that aspect to get quality ice time, then that's what he's going to have to do. Exactly. And I, I look at, you know, Tyler Madden, I just uh, shameless plug, just had a, a, a kind of a player preview for him uh, up on hockey royalty and, you know, talked about his game a little bit. And he's another guy that natural center, but could be shifted to wing. Um, but and he, and he was one that John Robeski used that earned confidence in talking about it. He's coming in with a little bit of a swagger. He's talked about, I want to, he wants to make sure he's getting noticed out here. He wants to play big minutes for the rain. Could be a situation where, depending on what happens with Turcotte, Byfield, Kaliev, if one of these guys or two of these guys makes the team out of camp, it could open up some more minutes. As you just talked about, some of these guys playing bigger minutes, it could open up some, a uh, Tyler Madden who maybe 
if all looks like last year could be penciled in on the third line, maybe he's playing first line, second line minutes if some of these guys make the team. So he could benefit from something like that. If one of these other guys that are a bit further ahead, maybe in their development, um, makes the big club, he's a guy that could benefit from big minutes. Yeah, it's 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 going to be crazy how that all stacks out. A lot of moving pieces, as we continue to say. Um, you know, who were you? I mean, I, I know there are small clips, but who were you most impressed with with some of the clips that you saw um, out there? Francesco Pinelli. So I'm not a – I won't pretend – I don't watch much junior hockey. I'm going to be honest with you. I just you – know, you, you know, you catch some clips when you can. You talk about the draft and stuff. And obviously he wasn't a guy that, you know, as you're, as you're watching that – you know, last season necessarily, you knew was going to be a king, but he fell in the draft pretty much virtually across the board. You could see a lot of people had him rated a bit higher up than where he ended up going. The Kings clearly traded up to get him. So they liked him where they got him. And seeing some of the the clips of him at, at dev camp, I mean, he's, there's a, there's a quickness to him. He's got a load of skill. And I, and I don't, maybe I, I didn't know offhand after the draft, if I underrated maybe how skilled he actually was, but he was a fun one to watch so far in these clips I've seen in the development camp. And that's when I cannot wait to see how he comes along because he is, he looks like a pretty exciting prospect and a potential, you know, steal where they got him. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely something to look at. I mean, as well as the eight, eighth overall, Brent Clark was turning heads with some of the two-on-one drills, playing defense, you know, not allowing those goals there. Obviously, everybody talks about his offensive ability, but it was nice to see him get praised for the defensive ability. And then even though before he had a surgery, everybody I saw who went to dev camp the first day was raving about Turcotte and how much better he already mm-hmm. looked and what he prepared. And this is what he said for where he improved his game in the offseason. He said, something I noticed coming in, was how strong everybody is in the corners, and you're playing against grown men. They're just really physical out there. That was something I needed to work on this summer was getting more muscle, more strength, and I feel like I've had a great summer with training for that. I feel more ready for this next season, and I feel I'm taking everything I learned from this last year into the season and looking forward to it. So you hope that guys recognize that, and it sounds like he did. So I know size people talk about you know, you don't have to, size doesn't matter like it used to in the NHL. And there, there's truth to that. But you have to physically be able to play the game and be able to win battles. And and not necessarily in a physical sense to like be the aggressor, right? You don't need to lead the team in hits. You don't need to throw 10 hits a game, but you need to get knocked, knocked off the puck. You need to be strong enough to protect the puck in corners uh, along the, along the sidewall. And if, you know, you need to recognize that. And, and I think a guy like Turcotte who gets into his pro career starts to realize, okay, these guys are, they're grown men. So just by nature, they're going to be probably bigger, stronger. And if he's able to address that and well, a recognize it and then B take steps to address it, that's a big deal. Tyler Madden is another one, small in stature. I, I don't know if he's 160 pounds soaking wet, but he recommend getting stronger because, you know, he's got, he's a good skater, really good shot, smart. He finds the open ice really well, but you have to be able to protect the puck. You have to be able to not get knocked off the puck. That's a big part of the game. You know, being big and, and physical doesn't necessarily always mean, again, throwing the big hits. It means being able to not get knocked off the puck just as easily. So, right, size may not matter and all that stuff, but you still do need to be strong. Uh, and it's good to see that these guys at a young age have recognized it and taking steps to to address it. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. I'm excited for the rookie tournament uh, over there and to see these guys play against, you know, actual 
opponents and, and how it's changed. You know, you look at uh, Kupari's taking more shots. He's realizing that he can't just uh, dangle all the time. And he sometimes has to take a straightforward approach. We've had, obviously, we've already talked about Turcotte and, and Madden, you know, making the, the changes in, in pro hockey and everything like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play in the rookie tournament and how they all gel. Uh, but one of the people that are going to have to help gel with the rain is going to be TJ Tynan. And uh, obviously we have the interview coming up with Kevin McGlue. So we'll be right back with Kevin McGlue. All right, guys, we are back with Kevin McGlue, play-by-play announcer for the Colorado Eagles. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you coming out. Uh, pretty, pretty excited to get the season started. Absolutely. You know, I mean, last year was uh, it was great just to get back and, and play some hockey and kind of be back in a building and watching live hockey, but without the fans, at least in our building and uh, in a lot of the buildings we played in in that Pacific Division, uh, just to be able to get back in front of front of fans on a regular basis, we're really looking. You know, can to I it. ask Kevin? As I did some play by play in, in college, actually, what's that like doing? a play-by-play for a sport like hockey and there's no fans. Is that, is that you know what it is? It's a little bit strange. Um, we did pipe in some crowd noise in our building and, and there were several buildings that did that. Uh, you know, one thing that I thought was, was a little bit different, something I hadn't really faced before was uh, actually doing a game against the Ontario rain uh, at the Kings practice facility. And it was myself and, and I believe two or three uh, Kings personnel uh, from the front office. And that was it. And it was a penalty <laughs> shot in the middle of the game. So it, it's completely quiet. And all of a sudden you're having to call a penalty shot as you can literally hear the skates on the ice and nobody saying a word. So, you know, you want to convey the excitement of yeah. a penalty shot in a game that that's going to have a potentially big implication, but you're the only person that you're <laughs> even talking, let alone speaking loudly doing play by play. So that was a little awkward. Bit of- yeah. So, uh, you know, speaking of fans, I'm sure it was fun watching the uh, multiple Kelly Cup championships, the back-to-back championships that you guys had uh, in the ECHL. And then the Eagles turned to an AHL team. Well, first of all, what was that moment like uh, being a play-by-play announcer, like winning a championship? Because you obviously get invested in the players. And then did you get an excitement about going up into like a next level of like play-by-play announcing? Obviously, you're seeing better players, more more pro athletes. Like how was that for you? Yeah, I guess to, to start with the first question, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, we couldn't have ended our time in the ECHL on a better note. And to win it back-to-back years was really, really special because it is, it's so hard to win it one time, uh, let alone to win it back-to-back years. So uh, we were all very cognizant of, of how lucky we were at that point to be in that situation. And that extended beyond the players and the bench, but uh, to those of us in the front office, those of us who traveled and you know, having uh, done it for a long time now, and and it really was my second year that I was with the Eagles. We were back in the Central Hockey League at that time. We got to Game Seven of the Finals against Bossier Shreveport and lost at home. Mm-hmm. So I knew what it was like to get close and come up short, and and how big of a gut punch that is. So again, to to win it the last time that we did in the ECHL in a Game Seven on the road uh, it, it was nice to come full circle and and uh get an opportunity to be level uh, to win a championship so much has to go which is really difficult to do in the postseason uh, you got to get some breaks along the way and you've got to have the right team the right coaches and uh for those two seasons uh, it was an absolute blast but moving up 
it's been uh, fantastic. And I think the affiliation with the Avalanche has just been sensational. Uh, it makes so much sense. We're about 45 minutes up the road on I-25, uh, just north of Denver and, and the, the uh, ball arena where they play now. So it, it just makes a lot of sense. So the vast majority of our fans are also Colorado Avalanche fans. So it, it was just such a natural fit for us to, to step into that role and for the Avalanche to, to come up north with their prospects. And for me personally, yeah, it, it's been an absolute blast to watch you know, first round pick after first round pick come through. And you look at last year when it was just such a strange year and you had some really young kids coming up from uh, what should have been a major junior year. And all of a sudden you got a first round, second round guy that's, that's playing big minutes, uh, whether it was for our team or the Ontario Reign or, or any of the teams we faced. It was really, really cool to, uh, to be a part of that and, and to see that on a nightly basis. So, yeah, it, it's been fantastic. Yeah, that's, that must be quite something to see now, seeing all that top-end talent there. Speaking of top-end talent, the Reign have taken back-to-back -back uh, captains from uh, the Eagles and Mark Alt and now TJ Tynan. Uh, is it something in the water up there, or are they just tired of the snow? They want to come to L.A., or what's going on? You know, it's a good question, but uh, yeah, two great guys, and, and I know that uh, Reign fans probably didn't get to know Mark Alt as, as well as they would have liked to with uh, everything being closed off last year with COVID, but he's just a great guy and, and your prototypical captain and leader in the room, leader on the ice. You know, TJ Tynan, um, he's, he's a dynamic player. He is an absolute blast to watch. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, you talk about a player that you'd pay to go watch just on his own. He's one of those guys in the AHL. And there are a lot of people who tell you he's, he's probably the best player in the American hockey league. And, um, he can do uh, so much for you in so many different respects. So, uh, yeah, I, I really had a lot of fun having a chance to, to call the games when he was on the ice. And I think uh, Rain fans and Kings fans will, uh, will enjoy watching him. So the way, the way I see, and you kind of touched on it a little bit there, the way I see TJ Tynan's game, the way he is as a player, really a dynamic skater, but his vision and his passing ability, and I think it shows in, in kind of the production that he's had is from, from an assist standpoint, but he's a really, really creative playmaker, at least from my view of him. Can you go in a little bit more detail? Is that an accurate assumption? And maybe what else does he bring other than maybe some of that playmaking ability? Is he somebody that's going to muck it up in the corners a bit more than people may give credit to for his size? You know what? I, I would say this uh, in, in that regard. He, he's a feisty player. He's not a big guy, but he is a, an ultra competitor. And, and he's a guy that, uh, you know what, he, he, the competitive juices kick in the second he goes in to, to take pregame warmups. Uh, he's not a guy that, that has to take a big shot and, uh, and, and have to retaliate in order to get engaged in the game and, and to get those competitive juices flowing. He's, he's ready to go from the drop of the puck and, and yeah, he's, he's not a big guy. So again, maybe he's not going to go out and, uh, uh, and, and tear it up in the corners, but he's not afraid to go in there. And, and, and again, he leads by example. And I think that's uh, again, why he was good captain here. And I'm sure why he'll be a good captain uh, with the Ontario rain, but on a power play, he can just completely change things for you. And, and I think that uh, we saw that with the Eagles uh, when he was out there, particularly with Kiefer Sherwood, uh, when he was going up and down from the avalanche, when he was with the Eagles and you had Kiefer Sherwood and you had TJ Tynan, uh, it was a pretty dynamic uh, connection between those two. So, you know, if, if you've got complementary pieces, guys that can finish and you put a TJ Tynan on the power play, he's going to find them. He's going to get him the puck and he, he's going to put the puck right where it has to be. And uh, he's, he's, he's a treat to watch on the power play in particular. He, so he was somebody that he came over, he spent less 
two seasons with with you guys over in Colorado. So it was a little bit later on. He's in his late 20s by that point. So when he came over, was there any sort of you know organizational expectation or was it from a we've got a yet we know we have a good young crop coming and there now let's look at a guy like him he won a calder cup to come in and kind of be that mentor type of of player kind of not only on the ice but also off the ice in the locker room is that type of the 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 player that they're getting and is that what you think you see a perfect fit for that in ontario with that same group of talent you know, I think that you go back to his first year with us. He had a chance to get up to the NHL and play more games in the NHL than he had played prior to that. So when he, he was particularly with the, the Columbus organization and, uh, at the forward position going up and down uh, every single line of the four lines, it's, it's tough to crack that lineup. But, yeah. um, you know, he had a chance to, to get out there and play. Obviously, he was tremendous in his time in the AHL as he's been uh, his entire career. But, yeah, I think, and again, this is without uh, having this uh, relayed to me, I, my assumption would be, yeah, you bring him in, he's going to be a guy that you can plug and play in the NHL if the injuries or, or the situation calls for it, he can go up there and he's going he's gonna to handle himself just fine. And when he's in the AHL, he's going to be one of the better players in the league. And, and he's going to be a guy, as you had said, that can, you know, as an older player, and I know it's strange to say older when you're talking about <laughs> 20s, early 30s, but yeah. he, can, he yeah. can shepherd along some of these younger guys and, and show them the ropes. And I think, you know, a guy for us like uh, Jean-Luc Foudy, uh, who's again one of those players that came up and should have been playing at the major junior level this last season, was able to come up and play with us. Uh, I think he learned a tremendous amount, uh, both on and off the ice, from a guy like TJ Tynan. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he, he's looking for that role. And, and again, I, I would not be surprised if uh, maybe part of the transition is saying, hey, where do I maybe have a chance to showcase myself further and, and try to earn myself a spot on a, on a bit more regular basis in the NHL? Because there's not a guy that plays in the American Hockey League that doesn't believe that they can go and, and have a chance to succeed at the NHL level because they're just sure. that close. Yep. So what kind of player can, uh, is he off the ice? What kind of person is he off the ice? What can fans expect? Um, I know the Kings do a lot of outreach stuff in the community and same thing with the rain. Like what kind of player is he? Is he nice, uh, you know, easy to talk to? And do you think he's that type of person that's going to live up or want to that mentor role uh, for the young guys that we have? Oh, I, I think so. Absolutely. And, and he's a great guy, uh, great off the ice. And, and again, he's he is a guy that uh, he takes great care of himself. He's very determined, very uh, studious and serious about the game. And, and he wants to go out and he wants to compete. He wants to win. He wants his team to do the best they can. He wants to be uh, the best player that he can possibly be uh, every single night. You don't see him taking nights off. So, uh, yeah, I think fans will really enjoy watching. Like I said, it, it's fun to watch him play. Um, so I, I think fans will enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, off the ice, uh, again, he will, I believe, be more than happy to continue what he's done here already, and that's uh, to, to be a voice in the room, to be a voice for some of the younger players and to be sort of that, that guiding force and pulling them through because it is it's a big jump, particularly you look at coming from a major junior situation or if you're a 20-year-old, you get drafted, you come in, or, or maybe you did a couple of years at, uh, at at college and you're coming in and you're playing, you're turning pro, there's a lot of adjustments and there are a lot of uh, pitfalls that, that you have to avoid and, and things that you can do to set yourself up for success. And uh, sometimes you just don't know it until somebody who's been through it has, has told it to you and then 
as detailed it for you as you experience it yourself. You know, it's funny you say that we've had, we were, you know, Randy and I were talking earlier that uh, some of the comments coming out of development camp and on for the Kings is a number of players saying they have to learn to adjust. They're getting used to the pro level. They're getting used to the pro game from, you know, be it college or some of these guys coming from overseas. And it's an, it is an adjustment. And I think in, I, you alluded to it earlier. Some of the players on your, your uh, in Colorado there uh, probably learned quite a bit from a guy like TJ who's been there and kind of gone through that. And I think that's where, at least from, from our point of view, we see a guy like that come in in his high 20s, obviously well, well established in the American Hockey League. That that's the type of role a part of his role could be to help some of those guys walk through that learning the pro process. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think one of the things I've seen is you see some of these younger guys come up and whether they've taken the major junior route or the, the, uh, the college route, as you come in as a, as a pretty young player, what you really have to transition into is this is your job. And, and this is 24 seven. This is a full commitment and there's no more going to class and balancing that out. Your class is, is watching video and, and your class is staying after practice and working with the development coaches. And uh, you, you have to realize that you can go up and, and you can go back down. You can go to the ECHL. So it's, it's not uh, always that, that quick escalator right straight up to the NHL after four or five games. It's sometimes a, a little bit of a laborious process, but it's, it's unique to each player. Now, there's, there's not a, uh, one size fits all method to getting to the National Hockey League, uh, regardless of the path that you took to get you to the AHL. So, you know, I, I think that uh, that is a big thing to learn is is what it takes to be a pro and to know that this is your job. And there are consequences, good and bad, to coming out and, and putting in the work and, and uh, following through with the things that you have to do to be a pro. Because, again, you can find yourself in the NHL making a lot of money. Or, or you can find yourself kind of stepping back, maybe going to the ECHL. And we've seen lots of guys that have gone down there, again, refined some aspects of their game. They go on, they have great success, and they move on to the NHL. So, uh, you know what, you, you also have to be prepared for that. If something like that happens, some of those older guys in the room can say, hey, you know what, I had to go down as well. And I got back here, I got to the NHL. So th sort of those sorts of things, I think, are really, really crucial for these young kids to learn because I think a lot of them do come in and feel like, hey, okay, I'll put in a little time here, and then I'll be in the NHL. This will be great. And, and you know, it doesn't always work that way because it's so competitive, and there are so many good players in this league. Yeah, I want to bring it back to something that you said earlier with TJ and how he helped the power play for the Eagles. Last year for the rain, it was pretty abysmal, even with uh, all the first and second round picks that we had playing there. Now, whether that was them not gelling together or them playing in different parts of the power play that uh, they weren't expected to, um, it just really didn't seem to click at all. He seems like an assist first type of guy. Does he play like on the half wall and tries to get those cross ice passes for the one timers or does he play more around the net on the power play? Oh yeah. You'll see him uh, not, not so much around the net, but he has the ability from the tops of the circles to, to kind of swoop his way in and out along the wall and, and find that perfect pass. And uh, he can set you up with a pass. that's going to make you look really, really good. Uh, once you're on the receiving end of it and you have a chance to finish it off with a goalie that sets going post to post. So uh, yeah, he, he's definitely a pass first guy, but uh, you know, he's a guy that can score, but, but he will look to uh, help others and, and, and distribute that puck. It seemed like at least in our couple of years here before he'll take that shot himself. And, and again, the numbers don't lie. I mean, he's either at the top or in the top of the league leaders and assists almost every single 
there is a reason why he's he's very very special issues on the power play he's a guy that can put our coaching hat on if you will and so we try to figure out as as probably most most fans do is is where is he going to fit who's he going to play with and it's uh it's, it's fun to play at least in the summer when there's a little bit less to talk about so one of the things that we've we've looked at with tj tynan and just his style of play and who he can complement in ontario so not to put you on the spot a bit, as I, as I know Ontario is not the team that you necessarily cover, but we will. Uh, we we've talked about Samuel Fagmos, a guy who's a very shoot first winger in Ontario. Is that the type of player that you can see him gelling with somebody that's a shoot first winger uh, that that looks to put pucks on net? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's exactly the kind of player that you're looking at. And uh, uh, again, if you're willing to shoot, he will get you the puck. <laughs> And, and I think, you know, with any you know seasoned vet, he'll get you to puck as long as you're putting in a good percentage of him in the back of the net, right? Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, but but that's a tremendous player that, that you mentioned. So I, I think you, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, you know, he found a great chemistry with Kiefer Sherwood. And, and it's just that way on a power play. And that's not to say that you're looking for one guy in particular first and foremost, and then you work your way down. But uh, there's just sometimes that, that chemistry between one or two players that always seems to click when you need it most on a power play. And, and for TJ Tynan, that was key for sure what it seemed like. And uh, it was brief and fleeting throughout the course of a, of a strange shortened year when you got a chance to really see that in its flow. But, you know, if he has a chance to play an extended amount of time, uh, that is exactly the kind of guy that you're going to look towards. And uh, you know what? I would just say practice your one-timers after practice <laughs> make sure you're ready to roll. Yeah, I hope uh, Rain's fan, Rain fans are excited to hear the, the bell ring a couple more times on the power play this year, I'm sure, with with, with uh, sure. Fagamo and Kaliev. Um, him being <laughs> one of the older players, you know, generally in pressure situations, uh, the captains and everything like that take the face-offs in the defensive zone. When the game's on the line, it just, does his defensive acumen – you know, line up with his playmaking ability? Well, you know, I think what we think about with him, whether it's a face-off circle or whether it's in the defensive zone, any, anywhere you put him on the ice, his, his competitive nature, I think, rises to the top. And the big moments are where you see him tend to take on a bigger chunk of that leadership role. And he could play big minutes for you as well. Uh, like I said, he takes tremendous care of himself. And uh, and he wants to be on the ice. He wants to puck on his tape uh, when it's a critical situation. He wants to be in the circle when it's a critical draw in your own defensive zone. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, that's exactly what you're going to see. And, and like I said, he's not a big guy, and, and you're not going to see him laying a lot of huge hits, but he plays a really the course of the season. You'll see him. He'll get a burr in his saddle uh, from time to time. And uh, you know what? Like all great competitors, it, it kind of ratchets things up for those guys. So uh, at least that's what uh, we came to know and love in the, the two years here uh, with DJ Tiny in Colorado. That's good to hear because I know a lot of fans like that style of game. You know, we're a little peskiness, a little sandpaper uh, with, with, uh, with the playmaking ability. Uh, from your opinion, knowing him, what do you think attracted him to signing with the rain? And why do you think it's a good fit for him? You know, like I said, I, I don't know that the uh, the ins and outs and the reasoning, the negotiation process that, that went on uh, with any of the teams that he spoke with. But uh, I really think when you look at a guy that's been as productive and and still has a couple of years certainly left in the in the tank at a high level, I think you first and foremost look and say, hey, where where am I going to get an opportunity to potentially crack an NHL lineup? And and that's not to say that 
Uh, the LA Kings are, are the absolute uh, top of that list. I don't know, but but these players, they certainly they they sit down, they they discuss it with their agent, they they look inward and they say, you know, what's going to be right. And then at the second part of that, you you want to go somewhere where you're going to enjoy being, and uh, with a system and with a coach and and potentially with some players that you you've already played with or know where it's it's there's going to be a comfort level there. But you know, for me, and this is just me hypothesizing, I I think he probably uh, like most players uh, looks at it and says, where am I going to get the best opportunity? And for him. I think what he would love to do is is uh, have a chance to try to showcase himself, maybe with another team, and, and try to be able to, to to showcase a little bit longer um, over the course of a season than maybe he did last year or even the year before. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to have every opportunity. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, competition in camp uh, that maybe he wouldn't have got at, in Colorado with the Avalanche because they're you know pretty set down the middle. Um, anything else from you, Joe? No, I was just going to say, we, we really appreciate you coming on and joining us and, and getting a chance to learn a little bit more about a player that, that uh, I think Rain fans should be very excited about. They should. And, and I think, uh, again, if, if Rain fans had a chance to, to watch him in the last two years, you, you kind of have an idea of, of what you're getting. Uh, we absolutely love to have TJ here. And, you know, that's, that's just the, the course of the business is uh, players come and then players move on. And, and you, you, you love to establish that relationship with them while you do. You wish great success uh, afterwards and along the way same was the case with Mark Alt and uh, you know what I think your fans are going to really enjoy it and you're going to get your money's worth watching them and we're looking forward to getting back out and, and getting to Ontario <laughs> and going back in that beautiful arena and uh, enjoying that Southern California sun and uh, playing hockey again and, and doing it in front of home fans and uh, you know what yeah, we're getting close we're one step closer so I appreciate it guys no problem. Thank you so much. And you have a great season uh, announcing for the Eagles this year. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks I appreciate luck, that. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was Kevin McGlue right there. A lot of interesting stuff there, Joe. What was some of the something that you took away from the interview? So what I loved to hear about that, and, and again, thanks to Kevin McGlue. That was, that was fantastic. Great job. Was how he will, TJ Tiny, we, we talked about him, and I know we thought he was such a skillful playmaker looking to set up guys. Uh, he just is one of the, the, the premier point producers in the American Hockey League. What's great to hear is, and you kind of saw this watching him, but again, when he sees him on a night-to-night basis, sees him kind of on and off the ice, it's, 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 it kind of means a little bit more, I think, um, than you know, watching him one-off as a, as a road team. He's not afraid to roll his sleeves up and get his nose dirty if he has to. He's got a feistiness to him. He's got a little bit of a streak on him. And I think you love that. And you love the competitiveness. And, you know, I think it was interesting how he said, you know, we as fans and, and may look at this as a guy who's going to come over and mentor the younger guys. He as player is like, probably screw that. I'm going to try to make the LA Kings. But that said, that mentality that he has, that that drive that he has, that that edge to him. I love that to go along with how skilled he is and the playmaker that he is uh, to, to know that he's got that type of edge to his game and that feistiness, I think is great. And I think it's going to be uh, something that really feeds feeds the rest of the guys on the rain. I think it's going to be a great fit. Yeah, the only way the, the Kings and the rain are going to get better is if people are pushing each other. And so he's probably right. Yep. TJ's coming over here like, hey, my career isn't over. I'm 28. You know, like I'm the best player in the AHL. I've proven that like I can make the roster. And I, you know, I think I hope hope that he gets the opportunity to, to do so. Uh, the biggest thing that I took away from it is that 
was the power play was the question I asked about the power play. Cause there's so many good yeah. scorers on the team and him being on that half wall, him looking for the perfect pass and being an assist first guy, you know, like if, when we talk about fits on a power play, everybody has to p- play their role. So most of these guys are the types of players who were used to being the one to put it in the net when they were younger. And Tynan is the type of guy that's looking to feed those guys. Right. So, so I can see it was as soon as he started gushing about TJ Tynan, how effective he is on the power play, particularly on the half wall. We talked the very first episode of making it rain. You mentioned the Jack Nicholas the gif, the manic, uh, the, with the yeah. with the grin he's got, yeah. just nodding. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> not only on not only Ontario Rain fans when they're hearing that, but you know, and I'm he's got bigger aspirations of making the LA Kings. But like Arthur Kaliev, the lefty on the opposite side, hearing a guy like that who is just an, an, an insane playmaker, potentially feeding him. Uh, you got to love that as a player, especially a shooter, knowing that you've got that type of guy who can be that dynamic as a playmaker. Um, yeah, that's that's great to hear from a, from a power play standpoint. It'll be interesting to see. And we've we've tried, like I said, we try to put our coaching hats on uh, from time to time. But how John Robleski, uh uses him, uh, where where does he fit? And I know so much is going to depend on who makes the big club. But you know, where does he fit? Is he is he going to be on that first unit? Uh, you presume he would be a guy of his stature. Um, but but where is he going to fit? You know, and who he plays with? It's 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 you just get even more excited about about a player like this that they brought in to see how he fits in with this with this young crop we got. So with him being a right righty, if we were just play a little GM hat here, I think he'd be on the half wall, you know, and then you have Clegg. Uh, if he doesn't make the big roster, you're going to Clegg down there. Um, and Kaliev with the one timers. You saw Byfield take a lot of uh, role in front of the net. And then, you know, you could potentially see Turcotte taking that role behind the net. Um, you know, and facilitating back and forth. So it'll be interesting. Everybody loves yeah. one-timers. Everybody yeah, likes to hear that lamp right. ring. And so I think it's great because it's unfortunate when you have that much talent and you're not scoring a lot of goals on the power play. It just, it just, uh, it's really well, a momentum shifter for the defense. And I think so much that you kind of alluded to in the interview, it just, you know, and I think fans, they, they just assume, well, we have a power play, just throw your five best guys out there. We're loaded with, like, look at all these, these high-end prospects. We should be lighting the lamp. And there's, there's more to it than that. You know, there's, there's movements. There's movements uh, with the puck. There's movements probably more important than the power play without the puck. Uh, you're trying to create little mini two-on-ones and little triangles and try to, to set little plays up. So it, that takes reps, right? That takes practice. That takes – a, a lot of time to work on and you know at this level in the AHL as we've talked about it's a developmental league sometimes you got guys that are you know maybe as you're just starting to click somebody gets called up to the NHL so now it's all gets it's all yeah. falling apart right or maybe you know we've had we've talked about guys have injury issues so it just there's there's if, and then, then it becomes mental, you know, it, when you're on the power play and you know, you're struggling, you know, they, they trust me, you know, everybody knows what uh, the fans know, but trust me, the players know if they're over their last 30 on the power play, they're, they're, they're pushed. They're trying to force things. It's human nature. So there is more to it than just throw your five best guys out there and, and watch them, watch them go to town. I mean, there's, it can be a bit methodical at times. And if that just isn't clicking, you know, you try to find ways to do it. So hopefully he's somebody that can help unlock that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think there's quite a few wild cards coming into camp. I would 
he's one of them. Um, you know, Vladimir Thatchkev is another one of guys that are new to the organization that have an extreme amount of raw uh, or not raw, but just uh, offensive talent and, you know, have opportunities in a team that is looking to win now to, to crack the big club and potentially be an impact up there. Um, and then for TJ, you know, help mentor as well, like have that twofold. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's somebody, I know he's a center, so he's probably not going to be one of these guys that, that potentially is going to be gunning for the top six, but, you know, uh, Ryan at hockey royalty today just had an article, uh, a piece about how, you know, the odds makers, they, they are not kind to the Kings right now. And, and, you know, I think that speaks volumes, right. To, we brought in guys like we brought in the LA Kings, brought in guys like, you know, Phil Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, Alex Edler, and they're still, you know, not projecting out well from, from the odds makers or from the analytical standpoint either. I think it speaks to they're still missing pieces in that. And I've, I've said it, I've written about it, I've talked about it. Um, I don't think the top six is good enough. I really don't. Uh, I don't think the top six wingers are good enough. Um, hopefully the addition of Deneau and Arvidsson should definitely make it a, make, make that a, a big step, but I don't think, there's spots, in my opinion, to be had in the other three winger positions uh, outside of Arvidsson um, in those those top four wingers. So uh, who who ends up cracking it? You know, we'll see. But um, I think that's that's a big reason for for why some of the odds makers aren't really too kind to the Kings right now. I think there's there's still some holes despite what they've done. Yeah, so it should be pretty interesting. I'm excited for camp. I'm excited for the rookie yep. tournament. Uh, yep. Everybody, we have plenty of articles day after day coming out on hockey royalty so you never have a shortage of king's content you can go to hockeyroyalty.com for that um you can follow us on twitter at hockey underscore royalty or at royalty underscore pod uh joe where can they find you on twitter i am at joseph w Paterino. as always this is at rando commando bringing you some reigns coverage thank you guys so much thank you joe fantastic interview by kevin there and uh, excited for the season yep thanks again to kevin much appreciated have a good one rando how you doing, man?